listening to Closer Look. I'm Richard Hunt. Convoy of Hope. You have likely heard the name and you may know a little bit about what they do, but here's an opportunity to learn more about this top-tier disaster relief organization. Joining us is Jeff Nini, the national spokesperson for Convoy of Hope. And Jeff, how would you best describe just what Convoy of Hope is? It's a great question, Richard, because we we do so many things at Convoy of Hope, but really what it all centers about is really pretty simple, and that's we use food to share the gospel. And we do that in a whole variety of ways, whether it's disaster response or children's feeding program or jobs training for women or teaching farmers how to, to better grow food. It's all about using food to share the gospel. How did Convoy of Hope actually get its beginnings? How did it get started and, and when? It depends on if you want the official start or the real start. I always say the real start was back in 1969. Uh, Our president and founder, Hal Donaldson, was only 12 years old at the time. But his father pastored a small church in a small community, and he was on his way. He and uh, Hal's mom were on their way to a church business meeting, and they were hit head-on by a drunk driver. Uh, His dad was killed instantly. His mom was severely injured. And they went from being a normal middle-class family to being kids that had to live with other people that weren't family members and really existed out of the kindness of others, bringing food to their home, uh, bringing clothes that they could wear, things like that. And and that really left an impression on Hal and his three siblings. And I think that was kind of the start of preparing them for Convoy of Hope. Then another time later in Hal's life, uh, he's an adult and he's uh, he's uh, a journalist. So he's in the middle of writing a book. He went to India to do an interview and the missionaries that he was going to interview took him to meet this lady and he didn't know who it was till he walked in and there stood Mother Teresa and in the course of that interview Mother Teresa looked at Hal and she said son what are you doing to help the poor and he thought to himself I better not lie to Mother Teresa that's not a good idea so he told her the truth he said I'm not doing anything and she she didn't judge him she didn't condemn him she just said Everyone can do something. And and that really made an impression on Hal. He came back and uh, borrowed a pickup truck, got with a local church that wanted to help people in their neighborhood, and they passed food out to some needy families. And and that was kind of the beginning of the Convoy of Hope. And then uh, we incorporated in 1994. Uh, This year, 2019, is going to be our 25th anniversary. We're celebrating that all year. And we've gone from that pickup truck that was uh, passing food out in a neighborhood in uh, Northern California to now we've been able to touch the lives of over 100 million people. That's incredible. So obviously, Convoy of Hope is faith-based. Yes, absolutely. The thing we want to focus on today is the disaster relief portion of what you do, obviously a a large part of what you do. How do you identify and determine just when you need to become involved to come alongside to go somewhere in a given disaster? Uh, it's a, it's kind of a, a, there's these unwritten formulas that we use. I, I don't know if formulas is the right word, but, but we take a lot of things into account. Uh, number one, are there local churches in that area that we can partner with? Because everything we do is built on partnerships. Uh, for us, it, it doesn't make sense for us to travel clear across the country and, and help people and then leave. 
and leave those people still in need. Uh, if, you, if you look at any normal disaster, California fires or flooding or hurricanes, whatever that might be, those are long-term needs. People have immediate needs that we can help them with, but they also have long-term needs as well. And who's better suited to do that than the local church? So we always want to be sure that there are local churches in that area that we can partner with. We also want to talk to the local and national emergency management officials, people like FEMA and the different state and local management organizations. We want to make sure that we are going to be helpful and not in the way when we come. Uh, there are occasions when there's been a disaster and the, the local emergency officials will say, you know what, we've got it covered. Thank you, but we don't need help. But most of the time, they're, they're very eager for us to come and they know that we're going to do it in a way that complements what they're doing. We're going to come alongside them, not be in competition. So uh, we, we try to juggle all those things and then also take a look at, okay, how severe is this? How many people have been displaced or how many people need that food and water and things like that? So it's kind of a combination of looking at all those different elements. If you've just joined us, we're talking with Jeff Nene. Jeff is the national spokesperson for Convoy of Hope. Now, we're talking about local churches and, in particular, the, the volunteers. And in some of the uh, the video and images I've seen, uh, it's amazing. You know, they're out there. Uh, vehicles are pulling up. They're in neighborhoods passing things out. Tell us about the volunteers. Volunteers are amazing. They're, they're a wonderful group of people. And it doesn't matter what part of the country we go to or really what part of the world the volunteers come out in droves and they want to help. They want to help people in their communities. They want to help people uh, maybe that they've never even met before. But uh, give an example. Uh, just uh, in 2018, uh, Hurricane Michael in the panhandle of Florida, devastating uh, uh, damage and people displaced and homes destroyed and, and things like that. And, and yet we've, we had people that, that had damage to their own homes that were coming out and volunteering with us in the daytime and then trying to go back and work on their own homes at night because they, they just really want to help. And, and for us, that's, that's the kind of help that you want to have. You want to have people that are sincere. You want to have people that are sympathetic to the, to the people that they're serving, that they know what they're going through. When, when you work with people in a community, Community that have been hit hit that hard, uh, they want to serve. They want to help uh, their their fellow man and, and people from their community, and they want to be able to have an impact in their lives. So uh, what better place to get those volunteers from than local churches? And that's, that's one of the keys for us is being able to get those people from local churches to be able to come out and volunteer because, number one, they already know how to serve. They know what it means to serve someone, to put somebody else's needs above your own, to, to sacrifice for a little bit so that you can help improve somebody else's lot in life. And, and they just do such a good job. We could not do what we do without these volunteers. Now, clearly, you can't predict when a, a disaster is going to happen. Now, you might have an idea maybe with a, a hurricane or something where you know the uh, possible course it's going to take. But as a rule, you have to get relief items from point A to point B. How does that happen? 
We, uh, we've been really blessed. We, we have a, a nice small fleet of tractor trailers and box trucks. Uh, we've got several full-time drivers, but we also have a lot of volunteer drivers that will take time out of their schedule to hop in a truck, drive across the country, and, and that's how we get product. Most of the product that we get ends up coming here to Springfield, Missouri first into our 300,000-square-foot warehouse, and then it's cataloged, it's inventoried, it's all set and ready to go. And then when a disaster happens, uh, we put those uh, items, those supplies on a truck, and that tractor trailer heads out and heads for the disaster area. And, uh, and they get it there really pretty quickly. Sometimes they'll, they'll drive as a team if they need to, uh, to go a long distance in a short amount of time. Most of the time, it, it's one guy in a truck by himself driving across the country, uh, all set to help people. So logistics, obviously, are very critical. And while we're talking about transportation, the guy who oversees the point A to point B is Frank Sinkins, the fleet manager for Convoy of Hope. Hey, Richard, how are you? Uh, good, Frank. Now, Frank, you have, in addition to, to supervising, you have driven to disaster areas yourself. What's it like when you pull up knowing what you've got as far as cargo and who you're going to be meeting? Kind of describe that for us. Oh, it's 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 an awesome awesome feeling. You know, you're heading into these areas, and you know you're going going to help people, and uh, the the feeling inside of just being needed is is awesome. Um, I mean, for instance, with Hurricane Sandy out in Long Island, New York, here, and that was not long after I started with Convoy of Hope. Uh, I went out there with a load of uh, relief supplies, and we were meeting at a church. And as I came around the curve to that church. All the volunteers and, and uh, the people that were there were all, all along the street, and they were high-fiving, jumping up and down, and uh, that, that, that just warms your heart, like, really fast, you know, knowing, knowing what you're doing for God and what you're doing for them. Do you ever get noticed uh, on the highways by people driving by? Oh, yeah. We get noticed a lot on the interstate. Uh, I have people waving. You have people actually trying to take pictures and film you as they're passing you, so you're kind of, kind of watching them and watching yourself. Um, but people blowing a the horn. There's people alongside the road that wave. We've actually even had myself and some other drivers also. People want to buy your lunch or, or something just for just for what you're doing for the community. Well, it sounds like you 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 feel fulfilled when you're out there doing it. Oh, it's it's just awesome. I mean, I love what I do. I I actually moved from Pennsylvania to Springfield, Missouri here uh, to work for Convoy of Hope. And you know, you always have those those, those thoughts in your mind. You know, did I do the right thing moving my family here? You know, was I following my leader was I following God's lead and uh, just all the great things that happen with the community events and uh, all the things that we do just, I mean, it just makes you feel great. Now, as a professional, I understand you've got a bunch of miles under your belt. Tell us about that. Yes, sir. I started out back in uh, 1988 and I drove a company truck for a year and then I bought my own truck and I had my own trucks for about uh, 16 years. And then I drove for another company Then I came to Convoy of Hope. So I've been driving. It'll be going on 31 years, and I'm pushing, pushing 4 million miles. 4 million? 4 million miles. That's a, that's a lot of seat time. <laughs> I guess. Now, with, with lots of miles, so many miles involved, do you pray about your mission while you're driving, uh, you know, what you hope God's going to be able to do when you get there? Or you, what goes through your mind? Oh, most definitely. Um, when I'm coming up on the sites, I always, you know, asking God to, to help me to say the right things, 
help me to pick somebody's spirit up just to make them feel better about what's going on, even though they're going through, in most cases, a terrible situation if you're going into a disaster. Um, but I always, you know, I always want to lift somebody up. I, I love to see people smile. Uh, and so, like I said, just to say the right things and to do the right things for them, just to try to make their life a little easier. Understood. So when you're hauling something, uh, what type of relief items are, are you bringing in? We have several things that we haul from a lot of our donors. I mean, we have everything from flood buckets, which are full of supplies, which may be, be cleaning supplies, uh, paper towels, rags, disinfectants, that they'll all put into a five-gallon bucket with a lid on it, and we'll deliver those. Uh, we'll have everything from toilet supplies, uh, toiletries, um, all kinds of different cleaning supplies, also some foods, um, Powerade, uh, we'll have water, uh, we also do some MRE meals that are ready, and uh, that's pretty much the, the majority of it. Has God ever protected you on the road from a, a disaster of your own? That's a very good question, because yes, he has. Uh, I'd say it was probably three years ago when I was heading from Convoy of Hope in Springfield, Missouri, to a Rural Compassion event that we had in Little Rock, Arkansas. And, uh, and I was running in and out of rain and into, into some storms. And, uh, and I just got an Interstate 40 and uh, down in uh, Conway, Arkansas. And I just got wound up up to 65 miles an hour and all of a sudden it was just like a huge explosion. And then I realized that I was hit by lightning. And uh, so it actually hit the CB antenna, went into the cab, melted the interior. It sounded like firecrackers going off in a sleeper where the, the electricity was actually arcing into the sleeper. And, uh, and actually, sh it shut the truck off totally. So I was able to coast down the hill and off to the side, and the truck was full of smoke. And the main thing I'm thinking is, Lord, what am I going to do now? But uh, uh, long story short, we had the truck towed, and after about three months, I got the truck back and got her up and running again. But that uh, God was with me there. One thing's for sure, if you weren't a believer before that, you would be afterwards. All right. That is uh, Frank Sinkins, the fleet manager for Convoy of Hope. Thank you very much, Frank, for, for talking with us. Thanks, Richard. Jeff, uh, looking back at, say, the past year or so, what are some of the, the major situations that Convoy of Hope has responded to? I think in the recent years, we've we've seen an uptick in hurricanes. Um, in 2017, we had three in a row. I mean, you had hurricane hit the uh, Texas area, then another one hit Florida, and then another one hit Puerto Rico uh, so heavily. In fact, we're still involved in Puerto Rico, planned to be uh, through all of 2019, two years later. Uh, then in uh, in 2018, we uh, we responded to some more hurricanes, Hurricane Florence, Hurricane Michael, but also uh, several fires in California. California's always had fires, but it just seems like this last year they were bigger and more severe and, and had more need. So those have been some, some big name disasters that you hear about on the news. What's interesting is is all the ones that, that most people across the country never hear about. Uh, we've responded to a lot of flooding here in the Midwest, the Mississippi River. It seems like every spring we'll, we'll want to flood somewhere. And uh, so there have been several times over the last years that we've responded to that. But through the years, we've responded to all the major disasters. If you think about the earthquake in Haiti, Hurricane Katrina, 
the tornado that hit Joplin several years ago, um, so many others. That, but uh, it's it's really been a privilege for us as an organization to be able to to respond to all the big ones. Could you give us an idea of uh, how many people have been helped in the past year or over the years, and maybe a, a, an idea of just the, the load, how many relief supplies have been provided? The the number of people is is you know in the hundreds of thousands. It's I don't have an exact number on that one, but I I can tell you on the the loads that we've shipped or the amount of supplies, uh, it, it's kind of staggering. I mean, over over 2,600 tractor-trailer loads of, of supplies. And, and if you think about any, any given truck is probably over 30,000 pounds of supplies, that adds up in a hurry if you do the math. Um, we've, we've activated, you had asked earlier, we talked a little bit about volunteers. We have activated over 60,000 volunteers just in our disaster response efforts. And and those volunteers have, have, um, given us over 700,000 hours of their time. And that's, that's coming from about 2000 churches, a little over 2000 churches. So the, the, amount of people helped and the amount of supplies that have gotten into the hands of people, uh, it, it gets kind of staggering. You, you think about how many truckloads that is and and how many uh, fill-ups at the truck stop and, and all the drivers that that took and all the people that it took to pass those out and get those supplies into the hands of people. Uh, it's staggering. And I understand also, I, I think we touched on it, that uh, you are involved to some degree in some overseas help as well. We are. We're, in fact, as, as you and I are talking, uh, we have one of our uh, contractors that work with us in uh, Lebanon right now that uh, they've had some severe storms in the last couple days. So we're responding to some Syrian refugees in Lebanon, along with the Lebanese people that have been affected by it as well. So we're, we're very active there right now. We've been active really uh, on almost every continent other than Antarctica. Antarctica. And um, it's, uh, it's amazing. In fact, our very first disaster response was, was years ago, probably around 98 or 99 down in Central America. And so we've always been active uh, there as well. We've done quite a bit, and we've got a team working right now in the Philippines uh, responding to a, a, a cyclone that went through there. And uh, fortunately, by the time it hit land, it had downgraded to a tropical storm, but it still brought so much flooding into uh, several islands in the Philippines that uh, we've been pretty active there as well. Here on Closer Look, we are learning what happens behind the scenes at Convoy of Hope. We're talking with Jeff Nini. Jeff, uh, how primarily is Convoy of Hope funded? We're funded uh, almost entirely through donations. We're a donation-based ministry. Very rarely, but occasionally, we will get some government funding for a program, like we have a women's job training program, and uh, that was started by a very small government grant, but we've taken it on from there. Um, During our disaster response efforts, from time to time, FEMA will send us truckloads of product, so they may send us a, a truckload of water or a truckload of ice 
or uh, meals ready to eat, things like that. So we'll occasionally get help like that uh, from the outside, but primarily it comes from three sources, churches, individuals, and businesses all across uh, this country. Are you able to get uh, discounts when you need to, to purchase items to, to be taken for relief? Uh, we are, and that was, that was the one source of funding I, I neglected to mention. We get a lot of our supplies donated. The vast majority of our supplies are given to us by either food manufacturers or companies that wholesale or are involved in the sale of these items. Occasionally on some items when they're not able to give them, uh, they will do some sort of an incentive for us, like if we buy a truckload of canned goods, they'll donate. A, a truckload, or they'll give us a, a pretty significant discount on buying them. Uh, we have we have a relationship with with several of the hardware stores like Lowe's and Home Depot, uh, Walmart, Bass Pro Shops, all uh, you know major corporations that help us, uh, and they all have their own unique way of doing it. Some of them will say, "Hey, we will give you X number of dollars to turn around and buy product from us." Uh, others just say, tell us what you need and, and we'll send it. Others will say, hey, here's what we have on hand. Can you use that? So it, the, the key, I think, is to working with each one of those vendors and, and doing something that fits both organizations, making it a win-win situation. And when it comes to the future, and clearly, you know, without giving away any sensitive information, what, what do you see as the future, things that you might expand and, and get into? I think one of the things for Convoy of Hope is uh, avoiding mission drift. Uh, anytime your organization is successful and grows, uh, a lot of opportunities come along. And, and some of those opportunities are good, but some of those opportunities are uh, kind of a side road that you, you maybe shouldn't take. And so I think one of the challenges for the future is, is just making sure we pick the right pathways to go down, that we, we focus on the things that we feel we're good at, disaster response and, and feeding children and, and teaching farmers how to grow food and keeping it centralized on those items. So for us, the, I don't think the ministry gets wider, but it probably gets deeper. Um, we're we're expanding a lot overseas right now. We we're uh, we're up to 13 focus countries, where we're working very heavily on an ongoing, regular basis. And and then we have operated in I think the official number is now 115 countries around the world where we have had some impact, whether it's sending a container during a disaster or or shipping food and supplies to missionaries in another country, whatever that might be. But but I think the the challenge for us is to keep doing what we're doing and, and do more of it and, and continue to do it with excellence. How important would you say that uh, prayer is not only for the ministry? I mean, maybe you could take us to a staff meeting or a board meeting and tell us you know, what happens there, but, but to you yourself as, as a spokesperson. Uh, I would I would say prayer is vital. Uh, if we don't surround everything we do with prayer, then we're out there doing it on our own. But if if we ask God to come along and not just bless what we're doing, but really show us what he wants us to do, because sometimes they're different. 
you know, sometimes we can get, and by we, I mean all of us as individuals or ministries, we can get excited about a project that we think is wonderful, but that may be that may not be what God has for us that particular time. So, so prayer enters into that, and anytime there's an opportunity, that's one of the things that we see from our board and our leadership is when there's an opportunity out there. We want to move quickly, but we don't want to move too quickly. We want to say, God, you know, what do you have for us? Is this something that's in your plan for Convoy of Hope, or do you have something else in mind for us? So, so we want to bathe everything that we do in prayer and, and spend the time to, to look into it and research it in the natural, but also to research it in the spiritual and say, God, what do you have? What do you have in mind? Is there anything in particular that stands out in in your mind, uh, from anywhere that, that you have been in a disaster situation where you talk to someone that you had helped, and this is like a memory that's going to stick with you the rest of your life? There, there are a lot of those. Uh, one that really comes to mind right now is when we were down in the Panhandle, Florida, uh, just late in 2018, Hurricane Michael. And uh, we were in a community called Mariana, Florida, and we had set up in a Walmart parking lot. Walmart was very generous, let us use their parking lot to set up a distribution line. And we had thousands of cars coming through there getting food and supplies. And while we were getting ready to open that line with all these cars, I saw one guy just kind of walk up and stand there and look around. And so I walked over to him and asked him if I could help him. And uh, and he said, yeah, I wanted to see what you guys were doing. And I told him about the distribution, said, hey, if you get your car, get in line and come through. We'll, we'll fill up your trunk with food and water and other supplies. And he said, well, he said, I don't have a car. And I said, uh, I said, okay. I said, I'll be glad to to pull some supplies off the line and give those to you. But how will you get them back home? And he said, well, he said, I just I live right across the parking lot here behind this dumpster. And and then then it hit me that, you know, here, this guy's homeless. And and I and he introduced himself, said his name was Bill. And uh, we talked for a little bit. And I said, Bill, you know, tell me your story. I said, we this area just went through a hurricane, a pretty severe hurricane. I said, where were you during the hurricane? And he said, I was, I was out behind the truck stop underneath a picnic table. And it, boy, it, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I mean, here is a guy that's gone through something so traumatic. You know, I hope I never have to experience something like that. But, but he just moved. He was so matter of fact about it. And we 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 stood there that day and talked for for probably fifteen twenty minutes, and I I gave him a lot of supplies and I helped him carry them over to his uh, his little nesting place behind the dumpster, and uh, and then you know we parted ways and said goodbye, and then a few days later I saw him again, and I I waved to him to come over, and he came over and. Uh, we talked a little bit, and uh, and I was able to to just you know share with him uh, why Convoy does what we do, uh, what what Christ has done in our lives, and and what He can do in everyone's life. And so it was it was a great opportunity to 
to be reminded that, hey, here's this, you know, a, a big organization doing things on a big scale, but it really comes down to that one person's life and the impact that you have on that one person and then the next person and the next person. But it's it's about those individuals. I heard somebody say today, you have never never met a person that God doesn't love dearly. And I thought, wow, that's that's powerful. And, and that's what we need to continue to do at Convoy is is love people, love individuals the way Christ loves them. I can think of no better way to uh, to end the interview. I'd like to say thank you very much to our guests, Jeff Nini and Frank Sankins from Convoy of Hope here on Closer Look. If you'd like more information, the website for Convoy of Hope is convoyofhope.org. We thank you very much for listening. For Closer Look, I'm Richard Hunt.